It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. Yes, yeah, time for Off the Leash on this Tuesday afternoon as we talk all things greyhound racing with the one and the only George Ferruja, who we left yesterday. I think he was in Geelong. And uh, he was about to have a bit of an afternoon on the uh, the Lime Cordials. So I hope we've been able to get a hold of him. George, are you there? Yeah, mate, all good. Back home, mate. Uh, oh. Just a quiet afternoon, mate. So I was tucked into bed by about 8.30. I'm getting more responsible in my oh. old age, mate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll, couple, see what, we'll see if that changes next year. A couple of neurofin straight on the pillow, George. Very, very <laughs> responsible from you. Did we? Uh, how did we go on the punt yesterday? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it was a pretty good day on the punt. Um kept getting messages from people like you guys were saying about this big storm that was coming but we must have missed it as we were driving home so uh thank god for that yeah i was walking the dogs late in the afternoon it never arrived in ballarat that's for sure george so anyway like what did you say cosy yesterday they just get the days mixed up yeah now they're getting some new equipment to window (laughs) (laughs) oh very good hey it's been a quiet period in greyhound racing isn't it george uh we come off this magnificent two months with uh, with what has now been renamed the Dream Chasers Festival, and um, looking forward to hopefully catching up with the CEO of Greyhound Racing Victoria, Stuart Lang, next week to reflect on the success of the last couple of months. And it will be interesting to get his thoughts on a couple of different things, from turnover and also momentum. I think is important, and how they keep that running into the um, the new year. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit of a breather, but not for long. Um, we'll get straight back into the group action. With heats next week at Wentworth Park, we've also got heats at the Warrigal Cup, and um, we get to see some superstars come back as well. But yeah, look, it's it's, it's such a big time in grand racing right up until um, New Year's, to be honest. And it used to be even more action packed when the Silver Chief used to be run, uh, you know, on the first Saturday uh, of the New Year. But that has been changed now, where it was just before the Phoenix. So yeah, look, it was just a, a jam packed month. We can take a breather for a week, but. Uh, come right back into it, but there's still a little bit to, to, to digest and talk about. I'm looking ahead here, George, and I might have missed a few, but uh, in Melbourne itself, is the uh, Rookie Rebel and Zoom top of they our next major ones in, in February? Yeah, apart from the country cups that we yep. will have, we will have the Warrigal Cup and also the Theralgan Cup, but mm. yeah, that, the Feb 11 day at the night at the Meadows it's is huge. huge. It's three invitational races over all three distances, um, and we also get prelims of the Australian Cup. Now, mm. There's 64 greyhounds that vie for the, the Melbourne Cup. The prelims determine um, eight of those greyhounds, and the top 56 are already picked. That goes straight into the heat night the week after on Feb 18. So, yeah, look, it, it quickly comes about. Um, but we'll see a lot of Victorian greyhounds head north uh, for the pause of thunder. That final, guys, is on the 21st of January. Uh, and it's a final that also, on the night, sees the final of the National Futurity the National Derby, the Pause of Thunder, the Collison is another big race as well. Uh, the Summer Distance Plate, which is a Group 2 for the Stayers, will dissect all of those uh, next uh, Tuesday. I'm, I'm tipping the fields will be out by then. Are all the big names Victorian Greyhounds that is confirmed uh, in terms of heading to the Pause of Thunder? Is Amron Boy locked in? Yeah, I think Amron Boy is. I'm not sure where she's fast will go. Again, it's great. We'll talk about Amron Boy shortly, but you know, different strokes for different greyhounds, simply. Um, as I alluded to, some greyhounds don't mind having a bit of a spell. Clearly, uh, while she's fast after winning $2 million, has probably got the right to sit back uh, up at uh, Sorrento and, and um, enjoy some filet mignon. But, 
Uh, we, we probably won't see her uh, for another couple of weeks, but another couple of greyhounds might just want to hit the ground running in the new year. And as I said, the Paws of Thunder is a terrific series. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to take on the likes of She's a Pearl in her own backyard now. So that'll be really interesting to see how that all unfolds. I'm looking at just some of the prize money again, George. Here we've got the uh, the Tem Leagues, 100000 75 for the Rookie Rebel and the Zoom Top. It's amazing the money that's around. Yeah, look, it's, it's great money. And, I mean, you know, the, these races that I speak about at Wentworth Park, they're all at worth, worth at least 75000 And I believe there's a new ruling coming in that Group 1s have to be at least 100 k mm. And I, I believe you spoke to the, the manager at Sale who said yeah. that they're looking to put it up to 100000 yep. because they they want to retain that Group 1 status. So... You're going to see a lot of these races start to push up, I believe, because they don't want to um, drop down to a Group 2. As disappointing as that might be for them, I mean, you don't want to go from a Group 1 to a Group 2. So there's going to be a few races, I think, just because of the rule change, that are going to want to kick up an extra 25k to get it to that $100,000 to the winner mark. That's a, a big ask, you know, for a, well, a club like Sale, where they've got to get good sponsorship, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Look, Sale runs such a good ship over there, and um, they get they get good crowds. Um, yeah, look, I think I think they'll be good for it. Um, they, they've kept it at 75. They've been the richest of the country cups. But I've got a feeling, guys, from speaking to a few um, other managers, that there, there might be a little bit of a change in the in the prize money for the country cups. I think you'll see some progressive clubs going forward looking to push their prize money up anyway. So just on the back of this surge that we have at the moment, um, I think they'll be looking to... Uh, for lack of a better phrase, cash in a little bit and, and make sure they're up in lights with some, some big races. It might be a, a slightly quieter period here in Victoria over the month of January, George, but uh, there are, st- as you pointed out, there are some of the superstar greyhounds in Australia going around interstate and we don't have to wait too long until we get to see She's a Pearl in action. In fact, she's in action tonight in the final of uh, the, the Gosford Cup and after drawing box one, no surprises, George, that she was backed off the map, and I think she's around a dollar sixty now to, to take out that race at Gosford tonight. Yeah, incredible. She opened two twenty, guys. Um, That's ludicrous. Uh, who, do, who, yeah, was, look, who was doing the markets? I don't know, but they cr- crunched her right into a dollar fifty-five. She sort of balanced out a little bit and is back up to a dollar seventy now. But all the money's been for her. The trainer has come out and said, "Look, you know, it's her race to lose, which is fair enough." Look. The beauty is that I think she had a she got her mojo back in mm. Victoria. She heads back home. She led a very very good Phoenix field. I mean, let's be honest. She got beaten by the two best greyhounds in the country, uh, and they didn't beat her that, that far. So they'd go in with a lot of confidence. She won her heat last week. She's drawn well. We all know that her her best attribute is that she can get out of a box and really accelerate and give them something to catch. And look, there's no way she's faster than Amron Boy in this race. So you can understand the dollar seventy. Everything else. Um, seems to have drifted. Um, Punter's Bandit's gone from $8 to seven fifty, which is the other one that just slightly has come in. Zipping Novak's blown from four twenty to $5. He was very impressive last week. A lot of the others are in double figures, guys. So, look, if she gets this start right, um, I think she'll be hard to beat, pushing her prize money up to $1.6 million. Guys, it's not often she races mm. in races only worth 40000 She's used to the big stuff. Yeah. Been, in, you know, with a million-dollar chase, a golden Easter egg, a phoenix, but... Uh, Look, they're, they're getting her right to go back to headquarters at Wentworth Park. She loves racing there, and she will be, um, if she comes out and wins this Gosford Cup, I would say, 
I haven't checked it, but I'm tipping she'll be the pre-post favourite to win the uh, Paws of Thunder on the 21st of Jan. Yeah, she is. I, I just checked that before. I, I think it's a good point that you make. She, she did seem to get her mojo back. Maybe it was before she came to Victoria, George. She was winning before she arrived, but she performed really well in Victoria despite not getting the results that they would have liked when she came down here. But heading back to Gosford tonight in the final of the Gosford Cup, what's that track like compared to Wentworth Park? Because as you rightly pointed out, she's deadly at that track. Is it a similar sort of track to Wenny Park? Similar in a sense that, I mean, look, on all tracks you want to get out and go, guys, right? But Gosford especially, it's a short run to the first corner. It's a tightish track. Um and it suits her down to the ground. Mm. It really does. And Wentworth Park does too. If you go behind at Wentworth Park, there's not much of a straight, to be honest. It's, it's a really turning circle. And, uh, you know, for, for smaller greyhounds like her, she's not tiny, but for, for a female like her, she rails the pants off that track and is just incredibly hard to beat. So, yeah, she's going to be hard to beat there tonight. Look, it's funny. Uh, if you recall, after um, she raced in the, in, at Wentworth Park and was on such a high, she did come on season. And it's funny that um, 12, 16 weeks down the track, um, even, if they, even if they're not having pups, their body still goes through some sort of milk production, um, and it can really slow them down. And even when she's, they're past all that, I think hormonally you'll see a lot of females that just struggle a little bit for a couple of months until they're absolutely right back where they were. And I think you've seen that with her. She was missing the kick a little bit at Wenny Park. She was struggling to win in, say, 29.9 when she's more like a 29.3 dog there. But when she's come to Melbourne, I think she's gone back and shown her best. And, um, yeah, look out for the next, you know, three to six months if she can stay sound. It's interesting how people from other codes love the dogs. Campbell Ruilla is one who, who trains them and, and loves them. Putters Bandit, who's basically second or third favourite there tonight at Gosford. Uh, in the syndicate is uh, Greg Hickman, the uh, Warwick Farm Racehorse mm-hmm. trainer. He's a part owner of that. Yeah, look, a lot of horse people are now getting involved in the dogs, whether it's through, mainly through syndication, but a few of them are, are branching out themselves. Of course, Jared Fry um, breeds a, a lot of greyhounds himself. He's got one that goes really fast called Courteous Ryko. Um, so um, Jared certainly knows what he's doing. So you're right. Um, I think we're cross-coding a little bit now. Um, we need to get into the horses, guys, a little bit. I haven't owned a horse before, but um, they seem to be jumping over onto our side of the fence and, and having a ball. Hey, George, what about Thursday night at Sandown? Uh, we don't have to wait too long until we get to see some of our very own superstars in action. Amron Boy's going to go around, and I believe Yachi Bale is as well. Yeah, look, what did we say, guys? I think we said it um, late last year, watch out when Amron Boy draws box one. Mm. Yeah. Well, un- unfortunately for a mixed 3-4 grade at, at Sandown, I feel sorry for his <laughs> rivals because he has drawn box one on Thursday, and it looks like the weather's going to be okay, guys, so just watch that time. Um, and, and this is the point I wanted to make about him compared to, wow, she's fast. People might say, well, how come she hasn't come back? Well, um, she's shown historically that she can take, you know, two, three months off or, and then come back and race really well fresh. Everyone boy might be the type of greyhound guys that just wants to run. Um, and, you know, he might have, uh, the Ennis clan might have kept him um, sort of nice and quiet before Chrissy, but the dog just might be going crazy, just wanting to get back out there. He wants to race. I'm, I'm guessing this because they've brought him back They'll get him ready for the Paws of Thunder, obviously, but um, he didn't really have that much time off. And he's just a greyhound racing so well at the moment. Probably the time is now. Really excited to see him back. Um, look, he's up against his brother, Amron Down, who took out that um, that match race on Phoenix night. The rest of the field, Jebediah can run. Vader mm. Bale's got some good speed. She might lead, but 
in all fairness, guys, if he runs up to anywhere near his best, watch out uh, at 8.28pm on Thursday. It's a good race, that one, isn't it? When you look through it, if you took him out, it's still a ripper race and uh, a very even race. Yeah, it is. Yeah, look, there's some, there's some, look, when you get up to that grade, there's always some, some quality, um, especially even this time of year when you might be lacking in some of the group races. Um, as you mentioned, Matty, Yachi Bale goes around over the 600 metres, the 595. He's drawn box four. He was a good run on Saturday behind uh, Osprey Athena. He ran 34 and 35, and he got held up early. He went 9.24 early and still ran 34.35. That tells me, guys, that I think it's just a matter of time before we see him over 700 metres. Um, it, it's funny, you know, it was such a monumental win in the Melbourne Cup, but it doesn't mean that he was going to transfer to 600 metres and just be unbeatable. The, the, the quality of Greyhound in this, in this state is fantastic over the middle distance. And he still lacks a yard early, um, as we know. So from box four, he's got a bit of a challenge. There's a little bit of speed on in the race. But, uh, uh, look, if he gets clear running, he'll be incredibly hard to beat. Great to see those two stars uh, in at Sandown on Thursday. It is interesting, isn't it, George, that, that, that point that you make about... Um, I think a lot of people out there probably just expected him to go on after the Melbourne Cup and, and win races and put a bit of a picket fence together. But I guess that would show the, the depth in the actual staying ranks across the board that he hasn't been able to do that. He's been racing well. He hardly misses a place. But um, it's not as easy as what maybe some people would have thought for him once he stepped out and trip. Yeah, look, I mean, he, he unplaced in a... In a he didn't, sorry, didn't make the final of the Silver Chief and then he was quickly stepped up to 650 because... In fairness to Team Dalbridge, they really didn't have much time to play with. They wanted to get him into a heat of the Sale Cup, and his, his win in the heat of the Sale Cup was unbelievable. He was beaten by a, a champion in Jareth Bale in the final. He ran third, so he's only going to get better. From what I've seen historically with Greyhounds, guys, it just takes them a couple of tries just to get rock-hard fit over this type of distance where they're running it out at their best. When Jarek Bale first started over 700 metres, people had a, little, had a couple of question marks for whether that was going to be his distance and run it out. Eventually, later on, after about five or ten starts, he ran 41.20-odd at, at, at Sandown to suggest, yes, well, he can run the 700. So it's the same with the Archie Bale. He's only going to get better and better. As I said, his run was really eye-catching on Saturday, and with an ounce of luck, he'll be hard to beat. But again, you got in the back of your mind, for me, straight away, I'm thinking Stand, RSN Sandown Cup in May is where Archie Bale's going to be. Um, so, look, there's, there's other races before that, but... Um, I'm sure we'll get to see him um, at the Meadows uh, during their Australian Cup Carnival as well. And I've got to tell you, George, when you look at the Archie Bale, you see the name Mark Delbridge there. They had a terrific year. Had an unbelievable year. Probably their best year. Mm. Certainly, at a, certainly at group level, guys, but um, as we'll touch on with some stats later in terms of leading owners and trainers and all that, I mean, they're, they're right at the top of the tree. And Brooke Ennis, a terrific year. How many dogs would she have in work? She's got a big kennel or not? No, not not a not a massive kennel. Certainly not the size of what um, the Dalbridges mm. have. Um, I'm I'm guessing saying about ten to fifteen yeah. those dogs. At a guess, uh, look, they've um, never really been a massive kennel in terms of size, but uh, they always keep a little bit of quality and go from there. But even it, it's just one of these sports, and I think you might see it over all three codes. Even trainers, when they're at the top of their level and and training as well as they can, go through peaks and troughs. There was. You know, Brooke and Jamie had my bro Fabio, and they had some talented greyhounds. They had a little bit of a lull there where they didn't have an absolute star, and then all of a sudden they've had a couple of greyhounds come and that have just, just dominated or look to have a big 2023. So it looks like it might be their year. Mm. Hey, George, uh, fields for the Warrigal Cup come out tomorrow? 
Yeah, they do. Um, so those, those seats will be uh, on on Friday, guys. And it's it's an interesting one because there might be some trainers planning for a Warrigal Cup. If they don't make the final of the Warrigal Cup, they might say, you know what, let's jump on a plane or drive to Sydney for heat to the paws of thunder. So they've, they've almost got a free head at the stumps for Warrigal. And if they make the final, all well and good. If not, they'll um, cross the border and head over to the paws of thunder. Not all of them are going to do that, but um, you'll see some high-class heats, I would suggest, um, and those heats uh, will come out tomorrow. We'll touch on them. If they're not out by the time we're on, we're on air tomorrow, we'll touch on them on Friday. All right, look forward to doing that. George Ferruja here on Off the Leash as we discuss all the big issues in Greyhound Racing. And, Georgie, as we reflect on 2022, we want to have a chat about who were the leading trainers, uh, size and dams across the last 12 months. And we'll start with the leading trainers for 2022. Yeah, the leading trainer um, in Victoria for 2022 was Mark Delbridge with over 300 winners, guys. Um, prize money um, over $2.2 million, obviously. Uh, that got a little bit of a shot in the arm uh, later in the year with the Melbourne Cup and also the Sale Cup, but a tremendous year for Mark and Lisa Delbridge. Um, they were, that, that's probably the highest number that they've had. They had a, a tremendous 2022. And as I said, um, they've got a team to have a really big 2023 as well. Andrea Daly was second, guys, with 244 winners, and Rob Camilleri was third with 220 winners. So uh, well done to Team Delbridge. George, question without notice, obviously. 300, how does that rank in, in pre- compared to previous years? I'm, I'm not sure. I think the, the Team Daly, when they were at their absolute height, mm-hmm. probably would have got over that. But it's a very, very high number. Oh. If you think about it, it's, it's one nearly every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's fantastic. Their prize money levels are really good. They obviously had a really good year in town. As we, we keep mentioning, they have a, a really good representation from the Wheeler family, and a lot of those dogs predominantly do run 500 metres. So that's where the money is on the city tracks at the Meadows and Sandown, and they've just had a terrific year. Um, we heard Lisa talk about how um, her money was heading towards a, the building of a new house. So they work hard for it, uh, and they deserve um, everything that comes their way. Yeah, that's an unbelievable strike rate. You figured six a week. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty good. And you know, it was often. I think we spoke about it a few times. Where I think there was a couple of. There was once at Sandown where they had five winners, and uh, you know, there was a couple of times um, on provincial tracks where they had four or five as well. So, you know, they, they've had a, a really, really good run of it. And the award that all of the male greyhounds in the sport. Uh, wish to achieve one day, George, is to be the leading sire. Uh, who was the, the leading stud dog over the past 12 months? Yeah, in Victoria, the leading sire was Fernando Barr with nearly 2,100 winners, guys. His prize money, his uh, progeny won nearly $10 million in prize money. Uh, Cozzy and I spoke about it when you had your week off, uh, Matt, that uh, nationally his prize, his progeny had won over $33 million for the year. Wow. Just an inc- it's an incredible amount. Second was Barsha Bale, who had climbed that top of the tree until Fernando came and knocked him off. Uh, um, Barsha Bale, obviously, not long, no longer with us, but he had over 1,500 winners and nearly 1,000 winners for Aston DB, and his, pro- his progeny earned well over $4 million. So they're the big three. I don't see any change to that, guys, to be honest. Um, Fernando Bale and Barsha Bale will continue throughout 2023. You'll see a drop from Barsha Bale because, obviously, he's got less progeny now that he has uh, passed away and he's not serving as many in terms of the vials that were left. So, Fernando Bale, I just think he's going to widen this gap even further. He's going to go down, guys, um, as probably the best sire we've seen statistically. 
um, and and Metro um, producing sire, just incredible. Is there a young sire that's uh, the young pup on the up, so to speak? Um, look, it's still probably a bit um, early to tell um, because next year we'll see pups from Hardstyle Rico, Tommy Shelby, Shimmer Shine, these type um, come through. Bernardo's established himself as a really nice sire. I'm looking down the list now. Aussie Infrared is a, is a talented type as well. Probably the one that's going to rise further is Feral Frankie, guys, because he threw some very, very nice pups early on. As, as we know, he's the sire of the likes of Kelsey Bale and co. And there was a big surge from breeders to use him. So he's only going to climb that list. He'll find himself in the top five Australia-wide probably by the end of the year. Uh, so watch out for pups by Feral Frankie. What about the leading dam, George? The leading Victorian dam was a female called Weeping Lass, who unbelievably, guys, her, her progeny had 290 starts and they won 107 races. That's a strike rate of 37%. That's incredible. Um, they include grounds like Silver Brute and Action Girl, um, Mobile Legend. Very, very good litter, that one. And uh, I'll tell you what, so she won quite easily over Ethla Allen, who had 88 wins. And Mapunga Molly had 83, so Weeping Less. Uh, prize money nearly totaling half a million dollars for Weeping Less. So congratulations to breeders of Weeping Less. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, there was a text message that came through a little bit earlier, George, uh, wanting to know if you caught the win of Zara Marnie at sale on Friday. Yeah. Zara's Marnie? Yeah, I know. Um, a youngster um, that absolutely flew in around 24.30-odd, which mm. is nearly the track record, guys. It's incredible uh, for for a greyhound at such a young age to <coughs> pardon me to run that time, guys. So uh, Des Dausch has that greyhound. He's got a small team, guys, and a, a very very good team. And she was ultra impressive. Um, they don't often you look if you can get a greyhound that can break the twenty five second mark as a young pup, um, you're going to have a nice little career. The fact that she come out and run twenty four thirty eight is just incredible. She's by Bernardo, the, the greyhound that we mentioned. Um, who's certainly throwing some fast greyhounds. Baby JC is another one that's by Bernardo, who ran 29-20-odd at Sandown on Sunday. So we might see a big year from uh, Bernardo, but uh, watch out for Zara Marnie. All right, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on that greyhound. Uh, what about this afternoon, George? Is there a couple uh, of uh, races that you can steer us into? Yeah, absolutely. We'll start off at Horsham, race nine, number six, a greyhound called Fireball Bale, one for the Philadelphia 76ers fans. Um Look, recent form been really knocking on the door. It's a talented greyhound. I think it can offset this draw. Um, and if it does that, I think it'll be hard to beat here. Race nine, number six. Um, Quaddy numbers two and four in the first leg. Second leg, number one. Third leg, four and three. And we come home with four, one, two and eight. Um, Geelong tonight. Race ten, number four, Zambora Knight. Got a lot of speed, this dog. Um, been knocking on the door as well, sort of similar to Thighball Bale, going well without winning in its last couple. Um, but I think it gets its opportunity here to lead and win. So race 10, number four, quality numbers, one, six and two, second leg, one, seven and eight, third leg, eight, four, one and two. And we come home with one, two and six. Georgie, love your work. Yep. Good luck this afternoon. Sensational performance as always. You're a true professional. You would not have even known that you were on the Great Northerns yesterday afternoon. <laughs> uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the day, mate. We'll catch up tomorrow and we'll get your thoughts on that on the Meadows. Talk then, mate.